If you have your copy of God's Word with you, please uh, take it and turn it to the book of 2 Corinthians um, chapter 8, and we'll be reading verses 7 through 15. And I happen to be reading uh, from the NIV today, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in verse 7. Would you please stand with me in honor and reverence for the reading of God's Word? But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you excel also in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality, as it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Let's pray. Father, I come to you and God, I pray that you'd help us to understand your heart and your will, your mind, as it comes to this, this uh, subject of, of our gifts and how we are called to give and how we are called to, to bless others in your name. Lord, give us a heart like your heart for people, for all people and especially for those of the household of faith. God, may the way that we treat and talk to and relate to one another, God, may it be a witness um, to a lost world that we are truly your disciples because we love one another. Bless the reading and proclamation of your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, this morning, I need just a little bit of... Uh, audience participation, and uh, it's, nobody has to get up, nobody even has to say anything, but I, I am going to need some hands raised, so I'm not going to embarrass anybody or anything like that, but just to make sure that all of us have at least one working shoulder, arm, I need everybody to raise one hand right now, okay, good, good job, thank you, you can put them down, those of you who are watching, you may be about to fall asleep on your couch, so you should probably raise your hands to get in some calisthenics or whatever, okay, so this morning, I want to talk about uh, love offerings, but I want to say that there's a lot of different offerings in the Bible, okay? There are offerings about your normal, regular giving. You know, you might call it your tithe or your normal offering. 
There's offerings um, for a big building fund campaign. You know, church, oh, we need a new sanctuary or we need more Sunday school space or a new fellowship hall. So there's kind of the, the building campaign. Then there's, there's mission offerings, right? We talk a lot about our missionaries and like our annual Stott Wallace missions offering or others. So, so we've all, you know, we've heard of a lot of different kinds of offerings. But I got to thinking about, um, you know, kind of maybe where we are in terms of our awareness of what those offerings are really all about. So first question, have you ever heard a sermon in your life about tithing or your regular giving to the church? Who's heard about? Okay, almost everybody. Good, put your hands down. Now, how many of you have ever heard a sermon about a, uh, about a missions offering, about how we need to support missionaries and send money to them? Okay, most of us still the same. How many of you have ever heard a, a sermon talking about how you should build, help build? You know, usually the preacher will go back to like Nehemiah when he was rebuilding the city or something like that. How many of you have ever heard a, a challenge or a message about giving for a building campaign at the church? Okay, most, most of us still. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you have heard a message just about love offering? about nothing else but about how you should give to a love offering. How many of you heard of that? Lot less hands. A few of us. It's interesting to me that that, that is the case because if you are to analyze the New Testament and every single uh, word that it says about offerings, I, as far as I know, there's really not anything in there about building fund offering. Now, there's a bunch in the Old Testament, and maybe I'm missing something. I didn't research that completely, but there's not a lot in there in the New Testament uh, about building fund offerings. There's a little bit in there about the rate. I think the word tithe is mentioned one time in the New Testament, and there is some stuff in there about the weekly regular offering that you give. Um, that's in there for sure, and it's important. Um, but if you are to look at it, probably more, there's more discussion in the New Testament about missions offerings and love offerings than anything else. In fact, love offerings is what most of the words are about. Now, it's not because those other offerings aren't important, and we can come back and talk to those uh, at another time, but I'm making this point to say Love offerings are more important than we might think compared to the amount of time that we spend talking about them. It's just not something you hear a lot about. And then now we do them. Obviously, we've had love offerings. And, and a lot of times we do them without even thinking about them. We, we reach for our wallet and, you know. But what is there about love? What's the deal about that? Why is that a thing? Why are they called love offerings, not Mr. Joe Smith is broke offering? You know, why do we call them a love offering? What, what is the point behind it? And so I want us to think about a subject that you've probably never thought anything about in your life more than, hey, my, my friend's in need and I want to help them out. You pull out the cash, you write the check, whatever, and that's it. And that's awesome. But there's more to it. And I just want us to think about how love offerings this morning are an incredible opportunity for each of us as Christians. Three things, three things, three ways that they're an incredible opportunity. First of all, love offerings are an incredible opportunity to grow like Jesus. And isn't that the goal? Isn't that 
the, the standard that we're out there wanting to be more like Jesus. And you know, the Apostle Paul, just like he does with all of his other teachings, he doesn't just say, hey, because I'm a big shot apostle, you ought to do love offerings. Instead, he says, remember Jesus, the grace of Jesus, about how he gave himself for you, that hey, he who was rich became poor for your sake, that you might become rich. He exchanged, Paul saying, hey, he left the glory and splendor of heaven. He came and lived uh, in life as a poor peasant, and he did it so that you might experience the richness of the gospel. And that same spirit of sacrifice, that being like Jesus is so, so important. He comes back and he, he tells them, he said, look, there's a lot of things that are part of being a good Christian. And he goes ahead and he kind of, he names a bunch of them. And he says, you're doing great in this, this, and this. Look back at verse 7 where we started. But since you excel in everything. So he's he kind of pumping these Corinthians up a little bit. He said, man, y'all are good at so much stuff. In faith, man, they had lots of faith. In speech, they could talk. No, my sermon is not over with Judy, okay? Uh, she always gets on me about the length of my sermons, but it's only 1039, so not done yet. <laughs> in faith, in speech, he says, in knowledge, since you guys, you guys have faith, you guys speak out for your faith, you guys are knowledgeable, you're not just some, you know, really thin, don't know a lot, you, you have a lot of biblical knowledge, he says, in complete earnestness, so they're sincere. They're not, they're not fakers, okay? Um, and in the love we have kindled in you. So it's like, man, he, he's, he's giving a real pat on the back. He said, all these areas you, you're good at. He said, so if you're so great in all those other areas, I want you to be great in this area as well. Love offerings, the opportunity to bless others is an opportunity to grow in your faith, to become more like Jesus, to live out that faith that's in you. And so every time an offering comes along, in addition to, well, what's, you know, uh, naturally we want, a lot of times we want circumstances. What happened, you know, is, is someone sick? Did their house burn? Did somebody lose a job? This or that or the other. But Jesus is saying, you know, we, we ought to think about this in terms of, you know, I can, I can, this is a way for me to take part in my, in my faith, in my relationship with the Lord, just like prayer and Bible study and all the things that I do to be a complete Christian, to be whole and mature in Christ, giving towards helping others is one of those things that I can do that helps me be more like Jesus. Second, love offerings help us gauge our hearts. Love offerings help us gauge our hearts. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. Um, Paul says this to them. He's, he's kind of, you know, talking to them and everything. And he says, but look, this is not a command. All right. So if you're, if you're in a place and, um, and they tell you, you know, you, uh, you have to do this, this, and this. And uh, by the way, turn over all your financial stuff to us and your records, and, and we're going to look at all. That's a cult, not a church, right? Okay, so Paul says, I am not getting in your business. 
I'm not telling you what you have to do. I'm telling you what is important between you and God, and you're going to come up with that amount. So when there's a love offering, when there is a need, it's not up for, for someone, whether it be the pastor or elders or anybody else, to go digging in your personal life and your bank account and your business. No, because in fact, we have, if the Apostle Paul would say, hey, I'm not commanding you, but I'm offering you this chance to be a part of it, and I think it would be a blessing not only to them but to you as well, then all of us should have that same mentality of, this isn't something we do to check off a box to say we've done our duty, we had to do it, we'd have been in trouble if we didn't do it. It's not a test of doing our duty. It's a test of our heart. See, what I mentioned before about the name of this offering, that it's a love offering, you know, we, we don't attach that word love to any other offering we do. Now, our regular offering, when you drop something in the plate on the way out or when you give it through your computer or smartphone or whatever, surely it's because you love your church and you love God. And when you give a missions offering, it's because you love God and you want to see his mission spread. And the same thing, if it's like a building type offering, it's because you want to see you love God and you want to see his work spread and you want to be, see people touched with the gospel. But this particular kind of offering is the only one that we stick the word love offering to. And, you know, there's, there are some other, occasionally you'll go to a church where they may call it a benevolence offering or, or something else, but almost every church, it doesn't matter the denomination, Almost all of them are going to include something about, hey, this is an offering, not because you have to, but because you want to. It's a gut check. It's a gauge. It's a test of your heart. How much do you love? And Paul said, I'm not, I'm not guilt tripping you. He goes on and says, I, I'm not saying give so much that now you're broke and they, they, you know, they have more money than you or whatever. He said, it's, it's between you and God according to what you have. It's an issue of grace. If you read through again this passage that we read, Paul uses that word grace several times. He talked about the grace of Jesus and the grace of being able to be involved. So if there's a situation where you have need, where, where there's a need and you can be involved in it, that's God's grace that allows you to give, to help. And, and if you've ever given sacrificially to help someone else, you know exactly what I mean about the grace involved. Don't you feel good? Don't you feel good knowing that you could help someone who is in need? There's something special about being a part of that offering. And Paul said, it's while this brother or sister in Christ right now, while they're in need, later on when you're in need, they can do that same thing. So it's a, it's a heart issue. Finally, love offerings help us go from good intentions to godly action. Good intentions to godly action. Listen to, uh, to what he says here. Down in verse um, 10, he said, And here's my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but to have the desire to do so. 
Now finish the work so that your willing, eager, your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. He says, look, you guys were so excited about the possibility of helping. And you started to help. You kind of did a little bit way back when in the beginning. But this project needs to get completed now. We need to finish sending this offering for the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem who are starving, going through a famine. They're going through this tough time. And he said, you know what? I'm proud of your eagerness to help. But now I want to see your follow through. Now I want to challenge you to finish up, to go from I'm eager to I'm actually doing it. You see, a lot of times as Christians, we can, we can say, oh, I love everybody. And when someone's in need, oh, bless their hearts, I feel so bad for them. You know, I'd like to help them. But you know what Paul recognizes that saying, oh, God bless them, I love them, I'm going to pray for them, that still doesn't put any food on their plate. It still doesn't help that roof over their head that needs to be repaired or whatever. Paul's saying it's wonderful that you have warm fuzzies for other people, and I'm proud of you that you were really taken by their story of need and that you felt compassion and that you wanted to help, but uh, you hadn't finished yet. <laughs> you hadn't come through. You hadn't followed through on, on everything, so I want to encourage you. And he keeps mentioning according to your means because, again, he's saying, I'm not trying to break you. I'm not trying to get, you know, blood out of a turnip here. But, but you know how you talked real big about wanting to help? Let's match that talk with some action. Let's go ahead and go from the good intentions which are awesome, but they are nothing if that's where it stops. Let's go on to complete this thing. Let's go on to act and, and to, to fully give and sacrifice. So love offerings are an opportunity. They're not this thing that we just check off out of a sense of duty. They're not something that we give a token set amount, you know, that we're like, oh, here's another law of offering time to put in another 20 in the plate. But it's actually an opportunity for us to engage with God, to think about, God, I want to be like you. I want to have your heart. I, I want to I bless someone else in the way that you've blessed me. And in the same way that I know that you would use others to bless me when I was in need. You know, it's this opportunity for us to think and say, God, where am I really? Where's my heart? When I hear about a love offering, am I eager to get involved and to help? Or am I like, oh, it just seems like we just had another one of those two months ago or six months ago or whatever. Where is my heart? What kind of compassion and love do I really have for my brothers and sisters in faith, in the church family? And finally, it's that opportunity to take those well wishes, those good intentions, those loving feelings that we have for others, and to actually do something concrete, to actually step out, move from belief to belief in action, from faith to works, 
and to carry it on through. You know, here's the great thing about uh, this passage and being able to preach it today is we don't have a love offering today. I'm not about to finish the sermon and say, hey, by the way, now that I got you all fired up and you're ready to write a check, let's pass the plates because we have a love offering today. We don't have one today. But it's something for us to understand. And I'll tell you this, uh, church, you're a generous people. God has used you over the years to bless a lot of folks, and that's awesome. And, you know, so like Paul talked about, I think when he was talking about the Philippians, you know, he had to kind of fuss at the Corinthians a lot and some others a lot. But he's just kind of like, you know, he's talking to Philippians and he said, you know what you're doing? I want you to just do it all the more. And that's what I feel like today, that this isn't a message to say, Bershaw, folks, you've been stingy and you hadn't loved on others. But to say, Bershaw, folks, you've already got a real good idea about this and you've already blessed But let's just take this moment to think about it today so when the time comes again that we understand and we engage in an even greater way. We may not hear a message often at all about love offerings, but they are at the heart. They are about how we truly love our brothers and sisters. Are we able to be there for them? And this does specifically involve a collection of a group of believers, and it was in a formal way. But I tell you, these take these same principles, and you can apply them to when you just see individuals in need. And there may not be a big sign up at the church and a message that, hey, we're going to do a love offering. It may just be that you see another person in need. And these same thoughts, these same principles apply as we take the heart of Christ and we share that generous spirit and that spirit that wants to bless and we bless others with it. Let's, uh, let's bow in prayer today. God, I thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. I thank you that you did for our sakes become poor as your son left the glory and splendor of heaven and came here for us to sacrifice it all. Lord, may that spirit of love, of faith, of kindness, of grace, of generosity, may that spirit continue to circulate among us. And God, may you stir it up in us even more. God, that we, when we have an opportunity to bless others, That it's not just an afterthought or a simple duty, but rather it's something we get excited about. And God, that we actually carry through on and be involved in being a blessing in much the same way that we have been blessed by you, Lord, and by our brothers and sisters in Christ as well. God, be with this time now of response as we sing and as we think about what you've what you have taught us through our message, through our passage today. God, help us to have our hearts in line with yours. Lord, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.